Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Simon Dudley, Chief Contrarian for Accession Events. To learn more and for information about the book and other resources, please go to accessionevents.com. In this week's Accession Events podcast, I do something slightly different and give you a recording of the presentation I hosted as moderator as part of the IMCCA's panel discussion on huddle rooms at Infocom 2016. Our panel had folks from Polycom, Cisco, Zoom, Logitech, Revo Labs, and Kramer. I think it was a very interesting conversation and I do hope you enjoy it. Please let me know if you have any feedback or any additional questions. If you'd like a copy of the slides, please contact me at sdudley at accessionevents.com and I'd be happy to supply them. So firstly, thanks for attending. Uh, these sessions are put on by the IMCCA, which is a non-profit organization that is involved primarily in the education space for the industry. So if you're a manufacturer, you should sponsor it because there's all sorts of opportunities to meet end users. If you're an end user, there's an enormous amount of information you can glean from this organization and it's free. So please go to our website, go to our booth, talk to some of the people involved in today's event. Many of our uh, people on the panel are board members. I'm a board member and you can get more involved with the IMCCA if you choose to. It's a worthwhile and not very high stress organization. Just so you know who I am, uh, my name's Simon Dudley. I have got about just under 30 years video conferencing experience. I started at the age of four, and I've been um, mucking about in this market for a long time. So I've got a lot of experience about what customers actually do with this technology. So if anyone starts pontificating along the lines I don't believe in, I will stop them. And that's the wonderful job of being the moderator. And I spend most of my job, or most of my time, these days consulting with clients about how to make their technologies actually something people want to buy rather than something engineers think is cool. Um, many manufacturers will build the world's best coat hanger cigar lighter, technically brilliant, but no one can really work out why they want to buy it. And I spend a lot of my time helping people design products people want to buy. So the slides are available after the presentation. If you want to know more, then that would be great. So let's talk about the reality of meeting rooms today. Most organizations or many organizations are believing that they have these 25 person meetings and gooseneck microphones and fantastic stuff and it looks like something out the West Wing. But in reality, most meetings are small groups of people actually getting the work done. Now, many of us in this room, and me included, have been in the video space since Noah was a boy, and this technology was very much very senior management talking to other very senior management in time-sensitive organizations like pharmaceuticals, like uh, banking, like central government. And those organizations were ones that talked to themselves and ones in which senior management talked about little people actually doing the work. So it was where work was discussed rather than where work was done. What actually has happened in the world is that the huddle room in the last few years has become rather popular. And I would wager this is probably the single most well-attended IMCCA session that I've seen for a number of years. So huddle rooms is important, I suspect, or else all of you folks wouldn't be here today. And what's happening now is the world is changing. It isn't people talking about 
doing or somebody else doing the work. It's actually people doing work, and it's people not just inside a single organisation, but individuals who are scattered across supply chains. And that dynamically changes the way that the technology is used and the way that the technology needs to be installed. So a lot of today's work is virtual. Awful lot of people work remotely. Out of interest, who here, just a quick show of hands, how many folks here actually work remotely from their headquarters? So probably 20% of the room? Okay. In most companies, that's about that level. And that trend is continuing to get greater all the time. Even if you live within uh, commute distance of something like a big financial institution, they're forcing or getting their people to move to work from home one day a week, two days a week, and that trend will continue because office space is becoming ever more expensive. But the problem with that is that you become remote. No one knows who you are because you're always that voice on the end of the conference phone. And I don't know about you folks, but I actually have heard, and this is quite a scurrilous rumour, that in big audio conference calls, some people put themselves on mute and do something else when the conference is on. I, it's shocking. They're the same people, by the way, you always have that audio glitch when their name is called, and then when they unmute, it's, oh, I, sorry, there was a glitch on the line, I missed the last sentence, because I was stroking the cat while making toast in another room, the other side of the house, typically. Video is changing that, and we need to take account of it. The way we work has changed, right? There's also a sense that ubiquity and availability is far more important than overall quality. I mean, out of interest, right? Southwest Airlines, an airline that has exactly the same technology as everyone else, has no first class seating, has the best customer satisfaction rates of any of the big airlines now. And just as, again, a show of hands, how many people here use Southwest Airlines to get to the show? All right, that's a pretty significant percentage. I'm guessing 35, 40%. Um, they're changing the way that the market works. The whole idea of, of it's the posh seats in the front, well, you still get there at the same time. You, you just get to have that walk with all the poor people going through to walk to the back, but you all arrive at the same point. Netflix is another good example. How many here, how many folks here use either Netflix or Hulu? Right, that's everybody. How many, here, how many folks here have got more than, say, five Blu-ray discs? All right, well, it's a nerd show, so I'll let you off. <laughs> All right, but if I said more than 12, there wouldn't be any more hands up, right? It's, almost everybody watches far more Netflix than they do Blu-ray, and they do that not because Netflix is a great quality experience, it's actually not, I mean, as you may have noticed, but the actual reality is most of us don't even notice. The vast majority of people, convenience trumps quality, above a certain level. I, for example, first started coming to America in the 1980s, late 80s, and I couldn't believe that you people watch NTSC television. That everyone was green of a different variety, it seemed unwatchable to me, because I was used to PAL. But you all watch NTSC. No one ever said, I don't watch television, the quality's awful. No one ever said that. But once you went to high definition, going backwards became almost impossible. That's why high definition took off so fast. Now, the other point to consider is that 
anyone who's got teenage kids, and I got two boys, 13 and 15, we've got TVs in their rooms, and they're big 42-inch plasmas. They're the old ones we don't use anymore. And I said to them the other day, I think we'll take the TVs out of your room. And they didn't even blink. Because they don't consume any media on the television. Because the biggest screen they've got is an iPhone held one inch from their eye. Right? And increasingly the world is going that way. My boys aren't millennials. And many people think of millennials as the up-and-coming group. Well, the reality is that within four years, by 2020, over half the workforce will be millennials. I think we should sit for a moment, if you've ever worked with millennials, you should probably sit and think hard about how terrifying that is, <laughs> but it's a fact. And these folks aren't prepared to say, oh, we're getting an audio conference. A what? They don't use telephone calls. Everything, the, the last session was talking about how Video and pictures is the way, new way to communicate. And that's going to happen in business. So we're going to get the panel to talk about this in some detail, but let's talk about what a huddle room is. A huddle room is where small groups actually go and do work. That's probably the simplest analogy or, or definition one can give of this technology. It typically allows you to do more than just talking faces. When I, I was part of the team that brought the world the first high-definition video conferencing system back in 2005, and a client told us that what they really wanted was a quality of experience so good it was like looking through a window to another place. And the market all does that now, right? It's the Netflix, it's good enough quality. It's nothing to do with 1080p, 60 or 4K. Now it's to do with sharing data as well as faces and audio. Uh, another smaller side in my experience is most clients, many clients, will buy video conferencing based on the quality of the video. And then after they install it, they'll realize that actually it's the quality of the audio that really matters. And I think we can get into that with our panel today. And I will give them the opportunity to speak. And I didn't write these slides. So it's not my fault, there's loads of them. The other point with huddle rooms is a lot of impromptu stuff, right? Many of us now live in open plan offices. Um, and if anyone's read 1984, there's a reason for that. Big Brother can watch you ever more closely. That's why all those meeting rooms have glass walls, so they can see what you're talking about. Not in any way that I think that senior management in most companies are paranoid. Or is it me? It's definitely there. So, huddle rooms are becoming places, instead of meeting in people's offices, people doesn't, don't have an office anymore. So we're ending up meeting in small huddle spaces. Apparently we work better in an infinite room of uh, a thousand distractions and lots of background noise. Apparently that helps with concentration. <laughs> so basic technology matters. Uh, for those of you who know who Ryanair is, uh, I coined the phrase the other day of Ryanairification, this sense of you don't want nice teak tables and bespoke audio systems and special lighting. Think more like a McDonald's experience where it's everything's wiped downable and you can hose it down with disinfectant once every 24 hours and do the whole thing again. So we're going to find this out from our panel in a second, but 
there's the parable of the, of the blind monks with the elephant, right? They all touch in a bit of the elephant and they all think they've got a different thing. And I don't know that our market has yet defined what the huddle room is. Within the next 45 minutes, you will have it defined in a nice little package with a bow on, and we can all leave and know it's solved. <laughs> or, or we can have a big argument about what it looks like. It's going to be one of those two scenarios. I actually hope it's the latter, because in my experience, any technology that's absolutely rigidly defined then stops growing, it dies, we go and do something else. Somebody asked the other day about, well, we need a standard so that the world can do like telephony. And I looked at them, it was in the state of the market address yesterday, and I said to them, so you're telling me that the technology you want of the future will be identical to what telephony is today? A technology that hasn't developed in any meaningful way for 90 years. Is, is that what we want to achieve? I would argue no. Evolution needs to move at a much different rate. So a couple of the manufacturers have been kind enough, and I have no idea if this is going to work, and if you're still where I am now, you can probably hear my pulse. Um, a couple of quick videos as to what some of the manufacturers have said. I don't think I've got a video from every one of the panelists, because not all of you have created them yet. But uh, let's, see what, let's see what happens. And if it all goes wrong, I'll blame someone else. Quick time not available. How convenient. Well, there's a slide there about, about huddle rooms. <laughs> it's not my laptop either. Okay. What's that slide? So, parable of three blind men and the elephant. Somebody else's slides. That's very useful. Read that. <laughs> Those are available afterwards. I'd much rather get to the panelists, frankly. Who wants me to get to the panelists? Hands up. Really, only 10% only of you? Guys, you're all dismissed. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> Thank you. I haven't got an hour's worth of material. He lied. Okay, so there's a number of major ways of doing this. There's software solutions. So this would be solutions based on typically PCs. Right? You know, everything has software in it, of course. So to say software is kind of meaningless. But, but what we say when we mean software solution is a solution that's based around probably a PC environment, probably a, a, a Windows device from, from our friends at Microsoft. The, the pros of this technology is pretty inexpensive. You know, Intel Nooks, for example, are $500 these days, and you can buy PCs for less. They're easy to use. Now, one of the things that people have always talked about, normally people who do user interface design for a living, they often talk about intuitive. And I can tell you now, there is no such thing as intuitive. They've taken kids who have lived in houses without doors in things like African villages and take them to the West, and they didn't know how to use door handles. So don't worry about intuitive. Intuitive means ultimately something you're familiar with. Most people are familiar, as I paint me, are not with a Windows interface. I'm a Mac user, you put me in front of a PC, and the kind of presentation you're seeing now happens. <laughs> Pros, security. Now that's a very strange thing to say, but ultimately security does matter for this technology and it is better on PCs, I could argue, and hopefully our friends on the panel will argue back about it. 
Yes, PCs are open to insecure, nasty stuff because lots of people write, write viruses for PCs. But they're also a known quantity to IT departments. They're very patchable and they're kept up to date. Assuming that you do keep them up to date, they can be pretty secure environments. And no IT department ever said, oh no, no, we're very secure, we don't have PCs on our network. Well, you don't have a network if you don't have PCs on it, right? So cons, whose PC is it? Who owns that technology? That becomes a very important problem to solve. Most IT managers get very nervous when you say, yeah, I've just got a PC in a meeting room. Anyone can stick a USB stick in it. It will be fine. Most IT managers do not agree with that statement. Webcams, if you do put webcams on, would be suboptimal. It'd be particularly interesting to hear what Logitech has to say about that. Uh, poor audio for rooms. Again, that's variable. That's why we're going to have the discussion. And of course, PCs are insecure. So it's both a pro and a con, depending on how you manage them. <coughs> Peripheral hardwares, good audio and video. So this is this is piece, this is uh, think of them as high quality accelerators, better than webcams, um, not full dedicated video conferencing units, often PC based, but not necessarily, but with upgraded audio and microphone arrays. Uh, one of the things that's changing in the market is instant messenger has changed the way that people think about communications. So out of interest, just a quick show of hands, who here uses more than three different instant messengers, whether it's Messenger or Skype or, I don't know, all the others that exist. Who runs more than three? Who runs more than two, really? Everyone just uses, just, everyone just uses one, are they? I mean, if you have a phone and you have Skype, if you have an iPhone, you have Skype, you have two. If you have WhatsApp, that's a third. If you have, I don't know, Trillium, you have a fourth. If you have Yahoo Messenger, that's a fifth. Facebook, thank you very much. LinkedIn, so that, that's six. So no one here is using LinkedIn or, and Skype, really? I've, I've bored you all to death, you're not putting your hands up anymore. I don't, I don't trust the crowd, they've turned. Again, back to the same problems with the webcams. Whose PC is it can be an issue, security can be an issue. Audio hardware, you can produce some very nice. Right? Some people think that a huddle room is stick a laptop in a meeting room and everyone sits on each other's laps. That's quite anatomically hard to do, but we, we get the general idea. Um, upgrading that technology makes a big difference. I said earlier, people buy it on the video quality and use it most on the audio quality. It's something to consider. One of the other things to consider is huddle rooms don't necessarily have to have video in. It's a pretty unusual organisation though that has video and no audio in. I can think of one client. Okay. There's those sorts of things exist. I'm not belittling it, but I, want, I really want to get onto our panel. And then there's the complete overall, you know, dedicated devices and they're well represented on our panel, so I'm going to get them to speak. And then there's that slide. <laughs> I just want to get to the panel, really. Okay, so these are the questions for our panel, but before we do that, I want, you, I want to introduce who our, 
as six panellists are. I'll actually get them to introduce themselves personally. But today we have Cisco, Kramer, Logitech, Polycom, Revo Labs, and Zoom. And we went for as eclectic a group as we could for this. I think all of them are rivals and partners and not involved in each other's businesses and deadly competitors, all at different levels. So with that, and I put that, by the way, in alphabetical order, if you think that I uh, tried to you know, give anyone the best seat, I did not. And they all just pick their own seats on there. So I'm going to, just because I want to show that I'm playing non-favorites. So Vic, let's start with you. Tell us who you are, what you do for your organization, and then let's work down that panel. Sure, I'm Vic Pagat, I'm a technical marketing for the uh, video collaboration group at Logitech. Hi, I'm Janelle I do product marketing for Zoom. Hi, my name is Jen Luda. I'm the director for our endpoint uh, uh, video solutions. Cisco. Michael Develop, director for collaboration and solutions at Kramer. I run the uh, global brand for VA Wireless Connected in collaboration. John nice vice president of product marketing for Logitech. I'm Jim Fellweather, executive vice president for global sales for Google Labs, a wholly owned subsidiary of Melma. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you, audience. And I can tell you now, I know, I know everyone by reputation and most of the, the panel by you know, personal experience. And you've got an enormous amount of experience on there. So if they don't know the answer, hold them personally responsible. Okay, <laughs> okay so let's start with, we decide, decided or agreed or, or I came up with a postulate as to what a huddle room is. Do we want to have, would it be useful, would the audience think it's useful, show of hands, if we define the price band in which a huddle room existed? Or do you think it's a size rather than a quality? Or do you think it's a quality versus a price compromise? Uh, I can't get you to do a show of hands on such a complicated question. Does anyone want to start a conversation? Just from your, just give us sort of a sense of how you want to start this conversation. Price. I'm sorry, say again. Price. Price, okay. So if we were to say, it, how would you define a huddle room from a, let's start with price, right? If, do you define it as a price story or do you define it as a size of room story? I'm thinking you can have a very small car that will go extremely well and cost you a lot of money and therefore it can be a different thing. Um, Vic, you're looking at me slightly nervously. Why don't I get you to start with the uh, conversation about what's your thoughts on what matters here on price? I think the huddle room space is really more about size and how many people are working that small area. I think what we're seeing in open space as we're moving to open space is all the offices that are getting turned into humble rooms, and they typically hold anywhere up to you know three to five, three to six people. Okay, so you would define you would define a huddle room more as a number of people, three to six people. You would define as a huddle room. Yeah. Uh, anyone else want to give me a different answer to that? Actually, I'd like to ask a question just so I have an understanding of who I'm speaking to. Uh, you know, there's roughly 100, 150 people here. Right? How many are integrators versus end users? To, to wit. Let's do integrators first. <laughs> Everyone puts that. So, yeah, so, so uh, the majority is end users, which I think is a very telling thing. So, the answer to your question is actually, I'm going to speak only to the integrators. We, you, the integrators, me, the manufacturer across this industry, screwed up and we did a really bad job. What I mean by that is we're asking these types of questions, and in my opinion, a huddle space is anything that we want it to be. 
You know, the second that we start classifying things, I mean, again, this is my opinion, the second we start saying, all right, if it's larger than 10 by 10, it's a conference room, and it's more than $5,000, it doesn't count. The huddle room has evolved so far in three years that for us to begin to box it, we as an industry now see that 80% of the room is the end user going, don't tell me, don't force things by definition on me, because I've just been doing that for 30 years. I think that the success of the space as a manufacturer, the success of any kind of solution that I can bring out, I have to think at the end, meaning, you know, you Simon brought up a great point. Who's your customer? It's a 30-year-old kid. You know, that's a kid 20 years older than me. You know, so I have to think like them, and they are out buying on their own, and they're acting in a different way. And I think that they are certainly not defining their behavior, and we as a supporting group of manufacturer integrator certainly shouldn't by by any of those definitions. So I'm sorry I didn't put that together so. No, no, that, that was fine. That was am I back on Yes. So what's anyone else saying? Uh, Mr. Antonitis, Polycom has got a lot to say about huddle rooms. Well, I think that the key, you know, the point that was mentioned by Michael is that you need to have flexibility, right? It's, it's more about application and use than, than the exact space and number of people. Uh, clearly, if you're going to have a dozen people in a room, it's no longer a hub, right? It's not a sport that, that you know, really has a couple people in a hub, right? So you start to think about that. If, you know, and I thought you point earlier, Simon, about the fact that people are going there to get work done. If they're not meetings, they're not to report out the sessions, right? They're, people come together to get something done. And uh, they have an objective, a goal, and where, where it is, what it looks like, its shape and size isn't quite as important as providing the right solution for them to be able to collaborate and get their you know, productivity get done they got what they're doing. Okay, so it's more about, would you almost say, let's say we put size in a different way, a bucket for a moment, is it more about it's a type of organization where people are getting work done rather than discussing other people doing work? Would that be another definition? Okay. Um, maybe it's uh, based on activity as well. Uh, are you collaborating locally? Are you doing representative systems for content, interaction on that? Are you primarily discussing or are you also then bringing people from the forum? Okay. That's a fair point there. Mr. Fairweather, you had something to say. Sure, I think when you, when you talk about price versus quality, uh, it really depends on what you're looking for, right? I mean, like anything, you, you get what you pay for. However, the entire high-tech industry, you know, over the years, performance and quality have gone significantly up, and prices have gone significantly down. If the, auto, if the automotive industry followed that same trend, you could buy a Cadillac for $100 today, right? So, uh, so it has changed. The beauty of the huddle room, primarily being a small space, three to six, is you can configure it however you want. It depends on what you're looking for. If audio, high-quality audio, I don't sell that. And I don't say that on a self-serving basis because we sell audio. Well, maybe I do, but uh, <laughs> but you know, if, you, if you want high-quality audio, you're, you're willing to pay for that one. If you want better definition, if you want better uh, uh, data and video, then you're going to spend more money on that. The beauty of the huddle room is it gives you the capability and the flexibility to do that. One of the things we sat, most of us sat in this exact same panel last year, and the number one thing that most of you have said. You need to take the complexity out, which takes the cost out. What we want is we want that flexibility, we want that configurability, but we don't want to have to pay a consultant thousands of dollars to do that. I think we've made, even in the last year, I think as members we've made some very significant strides in that. Well, well, and actually I agree with you, but I also would argue, for those of you who were at the panel last year, 
it was much less well attended. I, I feel from having wandered around the show this year that hover rooms has become the new super topic for people to discuss. Most organisations I talk to are either in it or want to be, you know, at the manufacturer level, are either in it or want to be in it. So I think it's going to be a, a big growth area in the next few years. I think the key to the success, and let's take the term huddle room out of it. It's a meeting space, some level. You know, I think that we're all going to agree we're talking about smaller amounts of people, not space. I think that we have to begin with the end in mind. What is the goal of that space? We've designated a certain area for people to meet. What are we looking to achieve to get out of it? Will there, to your point, Simon, will there be video conferencing? Will there only be audio? Do I need a display? Things like that. And the other thing that I just want to kind of reiterate is, again, we're, we're talking about space, either space, either walls. You know, one of the things I would certainly argue, and one of the things I've implemented is, you know, I'm going to, to a corporate end user who has a, you know, let's just say bargain sake, a, uh, a break room, right? The whole 50 people. Most break rooms will have a display. I say connect to your employees. You might begin that conversation by saying, listen, you know, do something personal, your Facebook, your fantasy football account, inevitably is gonna to graduate towards, you know, kind of a more productive area. Now, is a break room a designated meeting space for work? No, and is that a small space for a limited amount of people? No, but I would certainly argue that that is a hungover meeting type space. Okay, so should we move on? I've got a question for the audience. We have a, a, I think what's really audio is taken, right? You've got to have great quality audio or else you're not communicating, unless you're a very small percentage of the market. Um, what's more important, video or data? Can we have a show of hands for the, the second most important way of communicating in a group is the video, or the second most important is the data? Let's have video first. And let's have data. Right? Isn't what I was expecting at all. As a man in the video conferencing market, I might as well get out there. <laughs> okay, well that was interesting, but I hope that will help the panel, you know, come up with some of the thoughts or ideas that they'll they'll answer our questions with. So the next one, and I again I just want to state for the record, I didn't write these questions because this one's gonna cause a very large fight. Uh, the world seems to be bifurcating. PCs were never the answer for video conferencing. They were actually in the very early days. In the early 90s, they were for a very short time. And then it went to appliances for reasons I won't bore you with now. And now the pendulum might be, and the panel can discuss this, might be swinging back now to PC-orientated codecs rather than dedicated ones. Who wants to start that? Go on, Mr. Fairweather. Um, but I think it's, it's a little bit more PC versus appliance. What's happening in the video space is the movement to software-based codecs. You know, we can either WebRTC-based or software-based is very, very prevalent. Whether it's something like Zoom or Skype for Business or Google Hangouts or whatever, you know, the software-based codecs is overwhelmingly prevalent in the industry today. However, as software, right? They need to run on a hardware platform. What you start to see now in the conference room is not so much what kind of PC, it's whose PC is it. If you want to bring your own PC into the room and control the call from, from your own PC, or does the customer want to have a permanent PC in that room? I think the requirements are kind of all over the map based on what you're looking for. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. We are seeing the 
some people bringing in the PC, which is a Zoom meeting, um, but we also have our Zoom rooms, which is a dedicated PC or Mac Mini that would run on as well. And we definitely see that as a great option. It's something that's very scalable. Whenever we do upgrades, it's easy to through the cloud, send that out. It's very nimble as far as getting new features out. Okay. Start horses. I'll come with the position. I said horses for horses. You look at the application and what you can do. There's times where it's more convenient, higher quality experience to do one way, and there's times where you say, you know what, I, I, I use everything. I use this at times. I use my iPad at times. I use my PC at times. I use a dedicated room system at times. Um, the only thing I don't use is immersive telepresence for the most part, right? Because I'm, I'm a remote employee, so there's really no, no need for me to drive over to use like that, given how great all these other options really have become. I think the other thing that we're going to see is right now it's the Wild West, right? And, you know, to your point, as you can see, the codecs, all these different softwares, and you know, you brought up a great point, maybe it's your phone. I look at it as, okay, that, during that meeting, and in whatever form it takes, you're, you're meeting on the content, there's a lot of what should be confidential, proprietary conversation happening. And as an organization, as the end user, right, you, you own that. So at some point, you know, all of this is going to come together within, you know, you're talking about security. It's going to be, okay, from a pure data mining, from a capture point of view, how are we going to integrate that aspect of it? You know, you look at email, email began as just this Wild West thing, and then it became down there, you know, you have automated systems reading your every word to make sure, to ensure that the proper data is being controlled. And I think that once you see that flip over, you know, that's certainly going to help them do, you know, I hate the word, but help them define exactly, you know, how we're going to implement these types of technology. Okay, great answer. Thank you. But I think it's also a question about, uh, there are open spaces where you bring your own devices in, and uh, you use that, and then it's uh, clear that it's a BYD model, it's a PCR macro, but uh, if you are going to support a hub space with some shared technology, some shared collaboration technology, I definitely think that uh, appliances has a huge value in terms of securing that always available, always on, and the dedicated uh, resources for, for uh, the activity. Okay, I suspect we're going to get a very different answer, Vic. So I, I think it, uh, there's a need for different types of solutions in different areas of the organization. Needed, maybe even by department. So I think you need a flexibility of devices of what you can do in different departments. Um, some of that is it lends to applying, some of that lends to uh, PC-based computing, whether it's dedicated or bring your own. Um, I also think one of the advantages, especially we're seeing today in um, by using our smartphones, we pick best and read apps all the time, and that's happening even in business. And you want the flexibility to have best of breed apps from your desktop to the meeting room. And you can do that with PCs today. Okay, so the next bit, of course, it was a lovely question. I asked the first one first, and now I'm really going to put the cat among the pigeons here. Is many organizations, in my experience, and I think in many clients' experiences, are deciding that the idea of a monolithic single video conferencing application for their organization is going away. And it's going away for two reasons. It's going away because different departments have different requirements. It's going away because uh, something like 37% of the IT budget now in organizations is spent by someone other than the IT manager. So they may, CMO for example, may go off and buy something that's just for their team and have nothing to do with what the rest of the organization does. And then the third major factor, and I think this is probably the biggest driver, 
is that organisations, and this actually is ridiculous that it hasn't happened previously, are doing something other than talking to themselves. Right? The vast majority of the history of the video conferencing and collaboration time space has been organisations talking to themselves. Big pharma, big um, financials, government, large organisations. But much of the growth is in the mid-market where companies are doing something crazy like talking to somebody else. If we were the telephony market today, we would be saying, and today we have outside lines. Woohoo! I've had outside lines forever because if you didn't, you didn't really have a phone system, you had an intercom. And so what's happening now is the companies are deciding in frankly much the same way that we do it individually. They're not deciding we're going to have one monolithic application, we're going to have multiple. And they may decide, for argument's sake, to have a Polycom or a Cisco or a Zoom, I'm being nice to everyone, right, in their internal organisation, but they may decide that they want to use Google Hangouts or uh, Skype for Business or any number of other applications for talking to their clients and suppliers where they can't dictate what those people use. Personally, I think that's going to take off and is already beginning to do so. Who would like to discuss that? You agree? Disagree? Fairweather, uh, we've had you before as the first man, but if no one else wants to take it up, you can start. Okay. Uh, I don't know what my British cliche is, so I don't know what you mean by cast of pictures. I'm not sure what you're trying. Try it. <laughs> it becomes very self apparent. <laughs> okay, so uh, there's a couple comments on that. I mean, me in this industry for many, many years. It kind of goes back to interoperability, right? That's what a refuse and use a customer or all we always complain for the vendors is interoperability. And it's very similar enough when you talk about multi-code, it's pretty much what, what Simon just said. Again, whether it's Skype for Business or whether it's Zoom or whether it's Google, we would expect them to all work together. And what happened in this industry before, when we're still primarily in the hardware-based codec space, we establish a lot of standards, right? Two, three, two, three, five and all those kind of things. And then your operability got much, much better. Now that you're in the software space, this, this exact question came up on yesterday's panel. On, you know, where are we with software-based standards versus hardware-based standards? Because now this industry, this huddle room space, is very much affected by that. Okay. Somebody else has something to say. I've never heard a panelist not want to say something. Okay. So, so I think, yeah. What is important here is that um, you want to have a good workflow. You're going in and out of this room spaces, you have your discussion to go back and work. And the, the ease of use and the easy access is really key. I think that also what you then do is you want to kind of enhance the experience at the level where you are in the room. So it's, I could use my PC talk to this, not to that you are three people and sitting in front of that, for instance. So, how do you then support that to enhance the experience to the foreign participants that is um, easy, easy access, easy to solve? Well, it, you know, I've got to be, I've got to say, I'm just going to put you on the spot here. Yeah. You're Cisco, right? You're a big boy, you cover this. Um, you have, Cisco has, I think, four solutions. You have Spark, WebEx, your super duper video processing systems, and Call Manager. Yeah. And they've all obviously come from different worlds. and. Can you tell us right now which one of those is going to win internally? Or, or is there no such thing as winning? Well, they it, it, it serve sort of different purposes. Covering a lot of different markets there and, and use cases. 
So, uh, to some extent, I, I won't say it's as who's going to win, but there are, and you look at the hunting space, if you want to look at the, the, uh, the area here, I think we're definitely looking at what we do with Spark. Is that what you have? If you look at uh, the hunting space, it's a bit about the product and the experience you do that in, in other space, but it's also about how do you have the service and how do you have the flow. So, the Spark app is really an solution for your PC, your personal data work, you have a flow of discussions, but then you move into the room, then you want to just transfer that into a good discussion of a real time. And that's where kind of Spark is transferring this into a, in a shared uh, device that we really want uh, highlight and enhance the experience for, for the group and then bring in other participants. Okay. Janelle, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I certainly would echo what Jim was saying. It's um, really good about the interactability of the Zoom. I mean, we have the desktop and the mobile meeting, but also in the conference room, we have our own Zoom rooms, and we have the interoperability of the H323 system with the transcoding and for anything we've got. Um, and then as well, we have the interoperability of Skype services, so we're starting to see that on the software side as well. Okay. Uh, Mr. Antonitis, thoughts? You want to add any more? I will quote, I guess, um, Gartner and go under the latest studies. And their comment is that all icon components complete an interoperability, right? So we interoperate with everything. And that's part of our plan. What? It's been part of our plan. We're not the size of Cisco. We're not the size of Microsoft. So we have to play well with the other good people or get stepped on, right? I'm sorry. I'm, going to have to, I'm just going to have to say this. So you work with everyone. So I do a Google Hangout on a polycon so system. So it's a good point. So I know you can't. Because they're all garbage. Google doesn't want to work with Google. Yeah, right. So, yeah. so there, there's certainly, well, I'm saying not everything. It's a great point. So, so it's, guys, I think that the big, big players like Cisco Solutions, like Microsoft Solutions, any open standard-based system, the problem is Google is using open standards. And they don't allow anyone in their wall garden. So, and, 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 and essentially, they only allow people in the wall garden. They want the wall garden. And they, right? Yeah, well, it's actually an interesting point. I mean, uh, it, it's a hard conversation, and I, uh, I should feel bad for asking the panel, but I don't, obviously. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I get paid to do this stuff. Right? So, you know, one of the problems with this whole interop, we're all going to live in one kumbaya world, is that lots of the very big players, Google being one of them, Apple being another one, there are other players out there. They don't want to play nice. They want a walled garden so that they can do special things. Um, you know, I haven't seen a Facebook video call yet, but they do everything else. They're, they're getting there. One would have assumed. I know this is no inside line. I don't actually know this. But one would assume they're on their way to doing these sort of things. And I very much doubt they're going to turn around and say, "Here's our SIP stack. Right to that." Uh, they'll do something else completely. And if they don't, LinkedIn will. So it's a hard problem to solve, and we can all complain at all the manufacturers on our panel, but it's not necessarily their fault. Well, I, I like as, as, as a manufacturer who's not in the product business, right? So I truly have a, a very third party view of this. You know, the thing that we have to identify by we have the end user is we're talking about Google Hangouts, Facebook, Apple. Those are consumer devices, right? This is consumer, this is stuff you're using, you should be using at 6 p.m. when you got home from work. Polycom, Cisco, these are enterprise level solutions that are being brought out. I think the UDN user has to get some control. How did Facebook, how did Google Docs enter your environment? Because you're playing a part of it and you allow it to happen. 
So I think that we kind of have to look at it holistically. And again, this is coming from a manufacturer who can support anything. You know, we have no vested interest. I would say the end user, kind of some, some of the answer to that question is don't let the inmates run the asylum. I'm not here to say which one is better or worse, but I think that you know we have to certainly look at it. something that is made on Facebook or Google, you know, these types of things. The original purpose is not business oriented. And you know there are certain elements I hear you Michael, but I will say just well let's do a quick shout out Who here is running a BlackBerry? Yeah, yeah, the IT management telling the users what they're gonna use isn't working. Who uh, is using a smartphone for some description? iPhone, yeah, there you go. The inmates have taken over. Um, sorry, inmates. <laughs> but, you know, to that point as well, I, you know, I kind of say, how many people, when you deal outside the company, that outside party sets up the meeting and it's on a different service than what you have internally? It happens to me all the time, right? In that situation, a lot of times, your service can't connect, and what do you have to do? You're forced to have a laptop at the end of the day. Right? And that is not a good experience. You need flexibility. You need the ability to be able to dial into whatever your um, vendor or partner or third party is using in addition to what you use internally. So again, it's that flexibility of, of bring your own device, your PC in the room, or appliance, it's all of the above, but workflows are changing. The other thing I think that's gonna start happening is video will be embedded into collaboration apps. And instead of starting a video conference and an app, you're going to launch an app, and you're going to be collaborating directly within that. So directionally, that's all, are all areas where things are moving. Okay. So let's. So I have one more thing on that. It's uh, you look at the space as a shared space, and you want to have resources that, that are working every time you want it. But who is going to manage that? I think that's a, one question you need to ask yourself. Is it? Are we everyone bringing in whatever they want, and then uh, when I walk out, I take it with me, or I just leave it there, and then the next one is figuring out how it works. Who are you reporting to to some extent if it's not working? So that means that if you do have shared resources, that is going to be there to support a group working better together. Uh, those resources need to be somewhat managed uh, and supported, and you need to define who is going to do that. Uh, what we do now with uh, Spark is that we, we, we do use proximity to kind of say, well, we are embracing that we have a mobile. We can use that to dive, we want to use that. The resource in, in, in shared space or in the health group is also bridged to Spark. So we can manage that for you as well uh, from the cloud, but it's who is really driving that. You need to find another management so you have all, uh, all available at the moment. Yeah, so, uh, and I think it, it brings up an interesting point that it's probably way beyond just the scope of, of this particular thing about huddle rooms, but it's probably, uh, huddle rooms is probably on the front line of where does the IT department tell you how to run your life and how do you go for it, and then when it all breaks, you then bring up the IT department to complain at them that the thing that they didn't in implement uh, or, or um, even know that you installed no longer works and they have to fix it. Uh, that's an interesting, uh, interesting question, and I don't think we'll get to the bottom of that today. So the other one I wanted to ask the panel was, in your thought process around Huddle Room specifically, do you think that it matters? Do you think it's a, a requirement that your customers are asking for, for these things to be centrally managed, or is it more of a walk-in, go for it? Who wants to start that? It cannot be you, Fairweather. 
combination of the both, meaning outwardly you have to present to the, what I call the customer, the daily user, right, the finance guy going into that space. It has to seem like it's up and going, yeah. but there's a, I mean, there's a professional responsibility to manage every aspect of that. And not only that, you know, I mean, you brought a great point, you know, is the iPad running low on battery? I mean, I'll bring it one step further. You know, Uber puts in 900 rooms. You need management data to say, okay, are these spaces being used? Are, is, is 200 spaces being used 10 hours a day while another 100 never get turned on? All that business critical data has to happen with the daily user, the accounting guy, almost can't help. You know, it has to, we, we have to serve both gods. Now, John, you've got some, because I heard your last presentation and it was some good stuff on this. Well, I could definitely think that they would do want to manage uh, and, and report a data, quite honestly, so you can understand the return on your investment from an asset perspective. And also ensure that you're going to have quality experience in those environments uh, and be able to track and manage that as well. Uh, that said, you want to leave them to be flexible from a perspective of being able to allow end users to do what they need to do. So, you know, a shameless plug, sorry, Real Presence Trio on a Smart Hub for group collaboration in the room, right? Um, you can connect with NSC, you can connect with Bluetooth, you can connect with USB, you can connect over the internet, uh, you, can, you can bring in from the cloud, etc. Because it is, it is going to be a wild west room. People are going to come in and do exactly what they want to the best of their ability. But that doesn't, that doesn't relieve us uh, as IT and as managers of um, understanding how those assets are being utilized, etc., etc., and that they're up and running and ready to go. Right? Now, Vic, you'll have a different angle on this because your devices, from my understanding of Logitech products, are an accelerator rather than a device in their own right. You, you may argue that point. So argue that point. <laughs> yeah, so I think some of the devices that we've come out with are used to be peripherals, you know, really designed to enable the flexibility of using whatever application you want to use. Uh, they were originally designed as a bring-your-own-device environment, right? And now what we're seeing is about 50% of the customers that have these devices want dedicated PCs in the room. They want a little more manageable and known experience for their end users. And, uh, you know, to that end, you all may have heard that we've partnered up with Intel and we have a, a solution called Conference Camp Kit out that is beginning to approach that, allow multiple applications to be used, um, and also brings in different manageability capabilities through the standard tools you have for PCs. Obviously, it's different profiles that you would do for a uh, room PC, but it's starting to bring in some of that manageability capability into that. Okay. So why don't we do this? Um, I'd like each of you, and we'll start at the far end this time, so we'll start with Mr. Taylor. Sure. Give us a quick overview. If, no, we'll start with John. <laughs> uh, we'll start with Jim. We'll start with Jim. And we'll get you guys to give us a, uh, like the 30 second Twitter length elevator pitch 
what's worth looking at in huddle rooms that you've got, right? We've got another day and a bit of show. So what is on your boots, this is your shameless plug, mo plug moment, that, you, that people should come and look at if they're interested in huddle rooms? Begin. Okay, good. Um, well, we're obviously uh, a company that provides audio solutions. We provide wireless microphones, text-based wireless microphones, as well as a full suite of both voice and USB based conference phones that are primarily sold into the huddle room. Uh, kind of going back to what we just said, I think, and I know I'll the question back out to you, folks, is when you start looking at manageability or what you want, I'm not certain that's a technology uh, difference. The technology will allow you to do that. Uh, I'll give you an example. We did a, we did a deal with Rover Financial where they installed over 1,100 rooms on Google and Facebook. And every single one was exactly the same. And the primary reason was the uh, support that's required by the central uh, UCAD group that required them to make that work. So they needed to control it. However, on some of your smaller installations, we've seen that's not the case. You can do whatever you want. From, from our perspective, we provide solutions that do either. You see uh, conferencing space, but I would I would ask the question: How many for, for folks that have huddle rooms or even larger conference rooms? How many of them are centrally managed versus regionally managed? Let's say centrally managed. And remotely managed. It means everybody else are not managed at all. Is that a fair statement? I'm confused on how we define management. I'm from a college that had a lot of places where people just sit down and get together and talk and talk and hook up to a screen and that's the office space. Yeah. That's unmanaged. Mm -hmm. That would buy his definition. So if it breaks, uh, I'm sorry, if it, if it breaks, for example, how do you know if it's the software codec, video codec, if it's the audio device, if it's the PC, you know, how do you know, how do you, how do you fix the problem? Whichever one smokes is good. <laughs> Great answer, but an unusual one for a telephone communication environment. Education environment. Fair enough. In the spirit of your request, I'm going to try and keep myself very brief. Yeah, he's rude. Jim, rude. So we have spent a lot of, a lot of, uh, of our irrigation resources on the house space because of the growth. Uh, also because quite frankly, millennials uh, our group think and group behave and group act far more than the generation that we see. So this this is the name of the continuum. The solution I mentioned, Real Presence Trio, which is a great conferencing solution for voice, but it also does uh, a content sharing, 1080 video, and all in it's under a couple thousand dollars. So I think it's priced right for the huddle room, and we have a lot of folks in our group who come and see that this week. Office 365 integration on voice solution, video solution, content sharing solutions, um, and as well to the, allowing all those to interact with the rest of the system. Marketplace. Last but not least is new infrastructure software that allows you to connect all of these models <coughs> with everyone else at about, about the price of a couple of Starbucks per month, roughly. Oh, Starbucks are expensive. Okay, thank you, thank you, John. Michael. You know, we really haven't spent it's ironic that we're talking about the whole space, but we haven't really really talked about it. I know you've mentioned it you know, very briefly, but you know, when people are meeting, what are they meeting about? They're bringing devices, bringing content, right? So yeah, and, and so on my end, on the Kramer end, you know, we're about content connectivity. It's taking your tablet, your smartphone, whatever, 
being able to connect wirelessly. And to me, I think that that becomes the key jumping off point. And I began the conversation by saying that we as a manufacturer make made huge mistakes. And you'll listen to a lot of manufacturers talk about how you still have to have wired technology. And if I'm going to go back to my customer who's the millennial, I don't know anyone who's walking that show floor going, how do I get more wires into my room? I, 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 unless I've just been missing the book. So, you know, so for us on the Kramer Via side, you know, we have a platform that allows any device to be able to connect wirelessly. You know, and depending on the scale of the solution, you know, honestly, we work with everybody. You know, as Simon said, Kramer's working with everyone on this panel to integrate their software packages, their, you know, cameras into it to create, in some cases, a more robust solution. But then we also have, you know, very simplified solutions that are geared just for that connectivity. So without the connectivity, for the most part, you don't have a, a, a space because outside of arguably, the, you know, education, if you're paying someone a salary to act upon content and they're meeting and not acting upon content, I think you might have a problem with your employees. So, you know, the, the Kramer Via really kind of bundles all of that together. Okay. And I certainly invite you all to work with the Thank you. You've got the biggest booth at the show, I think, perhaps, with the exception of Samsung. Yes. Um, so you, people get to see one thing of yours. What one thing do they see? One thing. One thing. Okay, so um, as I said, there are several protocols down there. But uh, uh, if you want to one thing, you go down there and take a look at the uh, MX200 uh, that is now registered to Spark and see the ease of use of kind of doing a transfer from your workflow on your mobile into a virtual meeting and have a uh, virtual kind of collaboration session for a hundred group. And then also look at the partner portal for how you can manage that. So it's very good and interesting to see. And it's really all about how to kind of make that flow between the personal work and the group work. Right, right answer. Yeah? Yeah, um, if you pull out an SFO or a San Jose and produce all our ads, put your dongle away. Um, so I hope you come down to our booth and find out what that's all about. And we really do support that BYOD environment. So with our Zoom rooms, which are really easy to use, easy to deploy, extremely flexible, and that you can work with desktops, mobiles, the BYOD environment, the HP23 systems, um, and they're extremely affordable. So for $49 on subscription, your hardware is probably less than $1,500, $2,000. You can scale and really deploy a lot of rooms very quickly. Um, we support one, two, or three screens. We also support a touch screen environment, so you can co-annotate with, with other people and up to 500 video feeds. Come down and check us out. Nick? So there are two things for the huddle room space you should come by and see the Logitech booth. Number one is the conference can connect. We give you a great audio and video solution for BYOD and under $500. Um, and also the second thing would be the connect kit. So it's the, uh, the PC level along with the conference Okay. So we're basically out of time, but I wanted to say a couple of things. Firstly, thank you very much, everyone, for attending. I, I do hope you found it useful. If you have a question that you think everyone would be, or a significant subset of the group would be interested in listening to the answer to, I have one of these throwable mics. <laughs> I think it's throwable. Whether it's catchable is open to some debate. So we're about to find that out. No, I won't throw it at you, but I'll run at you with it or you can come up. If anyone has any questions that they feel that the group would be, you know, everyone would be interested in listening to, Please let me know, and I do it right now. Or if you have a private question, then come up and see the group posters. And gentlemen in the front row, very convenient. And you only have one 
I think the long answer, the short answer to your very decent question was, it depends. I hope that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen at the back, you have a question that you'd like to, do you want to shout it? I, I, I know we talked a lot about the devices, and I think that's granted every device is going to be used in a hollow space, but I think where the issue is that we're struggling with is bridge that's bringing all these devices together and the, and the interoperability or the functionality that people experience on the various devices. Do you mean the infrastructure of the video call, the yeah, collaboration? The experience when they connect based on different devices. If you're on you know, a blue scanner, you're going to get a certain experience. If you're on a, a smart device, your experience is going to be different when they're actually collaborating through a bridge uh, to do that. That's yeah. where I think a lot of them are struggling with how to make that experience universal across the various devices that are going I think that's an excellent point. I, I'm not. I'll be. And I'm not trying to be rude about it. I'm not certain there's a question in that one directly. Um, a discussion point, yes. Or is it more true? Does the panel see that there's a correction of that that didn't get better? Uh, I, I definitely believe that content is king, and you're going to continue to see more unique and innovative solutions for content sharing. And I think you'll start to see interactive content that's going to continue to expand. There's no question about it. As the, if you look at some of the data on what's happening with, the, again, the millennials now are the number one generation in the workforce, the largest, the largest generation in the workforce, I should say, right? And their desire to share content, imagery, video, et cetera, et cetera, is far beyond any of the, the generations that preceded them. And so what we're, what we are, it's kind of a big surprise that we look at that and say, you know, that's an area that we play in already today, and we need to innovate and add incremental capabilities. I definitely think we'll see more things coming, and I don't think it'll be that long. I think there'll be probably others on the count if they're around to say they're doing the same thing. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I would even say that it's here. Um, you, you know, when I look at, you know, my, you know, I, 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 you, you put a Chromebook, iOS, PC, all in the same room, I can connect you. I can even connect you to the internet if you're using a Google Docs or some kind of share drive. I can bring all of that together seamlessly uh, with push of a button. So, and, and frankly, I'm not the only one who can do that uh, you know, from a competitive standpoint. Uh, you know, there, are, there, there are others out there, and that's, that's not the end of the kind of hardware aspect. Obviously, 
you know, my fellow colleagues here, you know, they have their own version of that same level of activity, but I think that it's here. It's certainly all over the trade show floor, and I have to assume that it's fine. Okay. But look, at that point, if you'd like to have a chat with the panel after the uh, official part of the, of the conversation, I'm sure they'll hang around for a few more minutes. I want to thank everyone for attending. I do hope you found it useful. And if uh, the IMCCA or Infocom ever sends you a note saying, is this any good, do please reply, because it makes it better for next year. So on that note, thank you very much, panel.